Hello, hello, and thank you for listening to Arts District, the podcast. My name is Sterling Shea, and I want you to know that if you've already decorated for Halloween, that's okay. I support you. It's been a long, difficult year, and we need something to look forward to. Okay, on today's episode, I invited my dear friend Mariah to do not just a tarot reading, but a community-wide tarot reading for all of DFW Theater. And I was so delighted that she was able to do this for us. So let's not waste any time. Here is Mariah. I did the reading this morning when I was feeling nice and fresh and like I did a meditation and everything. And I was like really trying to channel just enough energy to forecast for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But it was good. I'm happy about how it turned out and I'm excited to share. I'm so excited to talk to you. For those that don't know, we went to college together. Yes, we did. Go Durs, as they say. (laughs) Good old Tam UCC. (laughs) So what have you been doing since then? So I've done quite a bit since then. I went to grad school for acting. And then after that, just kind of had to reevaluate some things and decided to take some time for myself and for my mental health and to just not be creating for a while. And that has been really good for me to just focus on many other things. And the ironic thing is, is since I've taken that break, I feel like creativity is moving through me more freely. Mm. I'm still not putting any pressure on myself to create anything, which I think is really nice for me right now. But that's what I've been doing. I moved to California, worked there for a little bit. And now I'm back in Texas. Well, permanently, probably mm-hmm. until I move to the next big thing. Yeah. And I'm just figuring out what that is right now. I think it's a perfect time to just reevaluate life since we're in the middle of it stopping. Sure. (laughs) Yes. And it is good. Like it does feel good sometimes to get those jobs that have nothing to do with making and creating. And, you know, sometimes you're just like, look, I worked at Dunkin' Donuts and I loved it. I was just like, yep, I just press these buttons. I give people their donuts. They're ecstatic about it. It's great. I mean, it's so refreshing to be able to do something that's tangible sometimes in a way that art isn't always. I was working in the medical field for a while and that was really rewarding for me because I was using my people skills and like reading people when they're in distress and trying to like basically read their behavior and help them feel better about, you know, facing all of these like medical procedures and stuff. And that was really rewarding for me. And it kind of made me think, well, what else could be rewarding for me? So have you had time to like reflect on your training, like in college and in grad school? Are you happy with it? Is there something you wish you would have skipped? I'm really interested in like how actors perceive their training after being out for a couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. So I think my graduate training was definitely where I fine-tuned who I am as an artist. Like my bachelor's was a lot of me just like soaking up as much as I can from as many different areas as possible. Whereas I feel that my graduate training was really just like honing in very much like 
arrow targeted toward, you know, the bullseye. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. I think there were problems with both of my training programs. I felt more equipped to advocate for myself in graduate school because no one's going to advocate for you. You know, I feel like when I was an undergrad, I kind of revered the professors in a way that I put them on a pedestal and felt bad for questioning or for asserting, you know, opinions that weren't asked for. And in graduate school, it was just the complete opposite for me. I dove headfirst into student activism, was trying to carry that over into the theater department. And it was well received by some. And by some, I was then the bane of their existence. But the bonds that I formed with the people who loved that I was using my voice, those are going to last forever. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's your world, at least for me, I felt like my world was so small in undergrad. So I couldn't really think outside of me, myself and my needs. And I chose not to go to grad school, but I watched Aaron go through grad school. And you're absolutely right. It was much more about fine-tuning who you are as a person and what you can bring to acting rather than hmm, Meisner and Stanislavski and methods and, yeah, and that. And absolutely. so, I mean, that absolutely made him a better actor. And then I went the route of, well, let me go to UCB and let me take a class with this casting director and, and this agent. And so I got my education that way, which was great. But yeah, I remember... You just revere your professors because what do you know? They must know everything. Yeah. And I remember I went to my first big girl audition. It was like right as I was graduating. And I just remembered, you know, everything that we learned in audition preparation, which is just that kind of, when you walk into an audition, you're just so grateful to be there and like, keep your head down and slate your monologue and then do your monologue and then walk out and don't talk to anyone and da, da, da. And I walked in and they were like, hi, Sterling. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. What do I do? They know my name. I didn't tell them my name. And they were like, so what's going on? Like, oh, you're about to graduate. That's cool. What pieces are you doing today? And I was like, I'm so confused. Like, do I slay? Like, so I chose not to slay because I was like, well, I just told them and I totally freaked out. And so I had that moment upon exit of, oh my God, they don't know everything. But I also got kind of reaffirmed with my training once I was in California. So that was good too. But yeah, that was a tough lesson to learn. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I learned in graduate school is the opposite of what we learned in, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it is the opposite of what I learned in undergraduate school. But one of the main things was like how to walk into a room and own the room and like be yourself and how to like combat the fear responses that naturally happen in your body Mm -hmm. when you walk into a room like that. But yeah, it was completely different. And I took a lot away from that audition prep class in undergrad. But I also, you know, it wasn't the best class for a person like me. And what I mean by that is by, you know, being a black plus size, you know, queer woman. Mm -hmm. It was not the best for me because in terms of casting, they always wanted me to be a mother or some kind of maternal figure. And And you're like, I'm 22. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But it was also, you know, I was also given some really bad advice that was really harmful in that course, which was, you know, to either 
lose a hundred pounds or gain 50 or I wouldn't be cast, you know? And it's just, it's things like that, that as I come so far out of that bubble and have been exposed to more working artists that I find that stuff is just absolutely not true. And that it's also not the professor's fault because they have not been plugged into the industry for a while, you know? And so it's interesting for sure, because I took a lot away from my undergraduate training and it set me up so well for my graduate training for sure. Yeah. It was cool to watch actors go through their showcase and, you know, if the case was, oh, this is a queer plus size biracial role for a woman and that's who you are, great. Here's this script that matches that exact description. And I think before that we were like, they don't exist. And right. Yeah. So right. it was, it was nice to, to watch actors go through that. I mean, what wakes you up in the morning? What are you passionate about? Let's see. I'm passionate about a few things right now. It's essential oils because they're keeping me sane. <laughs> like, What are you using? Right now, I slather myself in peppermint oil in the mornings so I can like get good deep breaths, like first thing. I also bought a kalimba. I don't know if you're familiar no. with what a kalimba is. It's basically a hand piano that's got little like tines that you that you pluck. That has been really exciting for me because I know nothing about it. I hadn't even heard of what it was until a few weeks ago, but I decided to order one and learn it. Okay. What else? I love getting up to just have my morning cup of coffee and to do tarot and like meditate. Those are the things that kind of keep me grounded and everything else just kind of works around that. So it's like, I may meditate and then watch three hours of Hell's Kitchen and then I might need to meditate again <laughs> because, because Gordon Ramsay is so mean to those people. <laughs> And then Beyonce gets me up in the morning, Ooh. of course. Mm -hmm. My alarm is actually her yelling, let me hear you say hey, Miss Carter. <laughs> he literally <laughs> gets you up, up in the morning. Yeah, she <laughs> literally gets me up in the morning. So, and then just, you know, like my family, I have a really great partner and we're not able to be housed together right now due to COVID, but talking to her keeps me super grounded. But right now I've just been on the job hunt and trying to balance, you know, taking care of myself while being rejected over and over again. And so tarot has been a really important practice for me because I consider it a tool of radical self-care mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. It was tough to go from, I was kind of operating at a point where I was finally moving up. Like I was, mm -hmm. gosh, I'm five years out of undergrad. And I just in the last year had my first paid acting gig. And then like, as far as my day job, I was starting to move up and just starting to manage people. And that was like, I mean, and both of them are events-based industries and they were ripped away. And then I went from that to sorry, you're not qualified to work at Home Depot. And I was like, what the fuck? Suck. I mean, Gosh. yeah. Okay. I listen. When I first came back after graduate school, I was so lost. I thought I was a shoe in for this professor position. They decided to go with someone more qualified. I mean, I was fresh out of grad school, so I understood. But then I was finding myself, you know, it was very difficult to find work and it was very difficult to find jobs. And at one point, I was like, 
I'm going down to Taco Casa, okay? And I'm just going to get, I need just anything. And they wouldn't hire me. They were like, you're overqualified. And I was like, but please, I need a let, like, paycheck. I will show up. Yes, that, that's all you want, right? Like, oh, really, I didn't even ask for more than you're willing to give, yes. dude. Like, I just need a paycheck. And it's hard. It's hard being quote unquote overqualified. Yeah. But underqualified for so many other things because your degrees are in theater. So, so. So I always tell people that that means my degree is in people. Yeah. And that normally helps go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried to like shape my resume to where it's like uh, adaptable with multiple personalities and can work with a small budget, (laughs) like all of the things that theater is. And, and then if they finally do ask, I'm like, oh yeah, I was going to in theater, theater. Um, So yeah, it's a it's a fun space to be in. Well, when did you start getting into tarot reading? So this was something I got into when I moved to California. Big surprise. It's okay. I started drinking out of metal straws when I moved to California. So there it's you like go. part I mean, of check. Yes, <laughs> check. You went on a hike for yeah. sure. I'm, exactly. You probably meditated once while you were there. I mean. It's such an interesting place, but one of the things that I loved about it is how in touch they are with self-care and like mysticism and like hippy-dippy stuff isn't really looked down upon. Mm -hmm. It's actually taken pretty seriously there. Like when I moved to the Bay, everyone was talking astrology and I had no idea what anything meant. And I felt so out of my depth because it was literally the conversation starter that started every conversation with every new person you met was like astrology. And I was like, okay, I just simply don't know enough about this to be able, you know, I'm out of my depth, definitely out of my depth. So I got a birth chart reading because I was like, I got to know something about my seventh house in Saturn or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, (laughs) It's not enough to know your sign. You have to know your moon sign and you have to know. Yes. Yeah. I had to add this. Yes. And apparently I'm very unique because my sun and my moon are in Gemini. Okay. So that basically means it rules like my outward presentation of myself and also my emotions are also ruled by Gemini. But that was very interesting. But I ended up getting into tarot because I just got curious about it. I remembered that I had gone to California before and I got it in a reading back in 2014 and it kind of changed my life. Just being able to be offered those different perspectives. It was also scary accurate. Mm. And this person who was doing the readings goes as far as to give you like timelines. I personally can't, mm-hmm. I'm not at that stage yet. I'm, I am very actively like a student of the tarot. I don't consider myself a master of it by any means, but this guy was clearly a master. And he was like, 13 months from now, you're going to get blah, 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 blah. And I was like, <sighs> excuse me. And I... The second I got out of that reading, I took as many notes as I possibly could about what he had told me. And lo and behold, so many of those things like came to fruition. And I don't know if that was coincidence Mm -hmm. or if that was alignment, if that was like me being aligned with new perspectives that led me to do all those things. Yeah. But I read this article about tarot as a cognitive processing tool. I'm a person that's in therapy and I read that tarot can really help you sort through 
like anxieties or look at problems differently. It can help you be a different kind of problem solver. You know, by seeing your issues through different lenses, it can really help open you up and, you know, just kind of help feel like you're self-guiding yourself. And so that really drew me to it. And I did a lot of like research about decks. And the one thing that they told me is that you just need to get a deck that you're drawn to. And so I looked at all these different tarot decks. I'll show you mine. I know they can't see it on the podcast, but it's like purple and gold and it's very mystical. Yeah. And yeah, and it's artsy. So each one of the cards is an individual art piece that when you put it together with other cards in the same suit, it makes one full art piece as well. So it's like representative of the journey, what part of the journey you're in. I thought that was super, super cool. So that's how I got into it. I just started doing little spreads for myself and like getting to know how the cards work and everything. And then I started feeling a lot of joy by giving them to other people. And I wanted to do that regularly. Yeah. I had you do a reading for me pre-pandemic, but it was 2020. So it wasn't too long before the pandemic. But yeah, and that's kind of what it was, was just some perspective on five or so areas of my life that really made a lot of sense for me at the time. And yeah, it just kind of helped me focus. Like I remember a big one was money and by no means and making a ton of money, but mm-hmm. I was for the first time in my life having some money left over after bills were paid. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I can't just go to Nordstrom Rack every day, <laughs> <laughs> which I was. So, and yeah, and it, it just made me start to look for opportunities to get a financial education and become more literate about my finances and And that was really cool. I was really excited about the reading that you did for me. Yay. I mean, that makes me feel so happy, honestly. So I reached out and was like, can you do a community-wide reading? Is that a thing? And you said, sure. I don't know if it is, (laughs) but it can be. So can you tell us how tarot works and like what we're doing for the DFW theater scene today. Yeah, absolutely. So tarot is a collection of cards with symbols that can be interpreted. And each symbol has a significance and a meaning and is a different lens. Like I said, like it's a different perspective that can be applied to something. So each one represents something. And basically whatever cards you pull are the perspectives that you should apply to the situations that you're in and that you're facing. So a lot of that, you know, it depends how hippy dippy you want to get into it. For me, it feels like when I'm shuffling the deck, there's a certain point where I just feel that it's time to stop. Mm. If I'm giving a reading for other people, I ask them to tell me when to stop because then it feels like it's like, their energy somehow is affecting what card's going to be on top okay, and what cards I'm pulling then because they're the ones that told me. And I'm like, okay, so these are your cards. For something community-wide, I really just, I did a lot of meditation this morning and I then just spent a lot of time thinking about the DFW theater community. And then I was thinking about the theater community as a whole 
And then while I was doing that, I was just, you know, kind of mindlessly shuffling the cards while I was thinking about that stuff. And it became clear to me that it was time to stop shuffling and to just deal the cards out and see what they had to say. And so that's what I did this morning. And that's what I'm here to share with you. Okay. I'll let you lead this part. Okay. <laughs> you just take it away. Okay, perfect. So the first thing I wanted to say is that we did something called a Celtic cross spread. And it's one of the more difficult spreads to interpret, but it's also a what I consider like a comprehensive spread. Like you can really look at this from a lot of different angles and it opens up, like we get to the heart of the issue. We talk about the subconscious feelings about the issue, the conscious feelings about the issue. What has happened in the past to make you feel the way you feel right now? And what could you possibly feel in the future, depending on how this goes? What we did was I went straight away and I got to the heart of the issue which today was the card, the star. And it's actually really great that this came up because the star signifies hope and faith and rejuvenation. And it signifies rebirth specifically after a collapse. Mm. Like that's what stars do, if you think about it. It is, you know, a rebirth after, after something collapses in on itself. And it's a time when you have to have faith in yourself and the universe around you, no matter how chaotic it feels. So that was really the heart of the issue. I'm also going to be really clear. I am a radical activist. And that affects how I read my cards because it's my perspectives through the cards. Even with the star, my I was like, that could be in regards to the shutdown, but it could also, I mean, we had a major collapse over the social justice movement that's happening right now. So I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, hear it. I definitely feel you on that. The next card that came up was a card that represents the past. So how did your previous way of thinking get us to where we are today? And that card was the two of cups. And the two of cups, the cups are a very like emotionally heavy suit. There are different suits of the cards, just like a regular deck of cards. But the two of cups is a very emotional card. And it represents the exchange of love and a deepening connection. So like, which is exactly what theater is. I mean, it's building authentic relationships on and off stage. And it's hard to be in this COVID era and connect with people. Networking doesn't work the same. And also, it's not a priority right now, you know? But one of the things that does bring up is that we should be looking for more meaningful ways to connect with people. And it also signifies the beginning of a new partnership or relationship that will be mutually beneficial. The way I interpret this as it applies to what we're working with right now in the theater community. I think this card is in relation to cutie BIPOC voices, like queer, trans, Black, Indigenous, people of color voices now having a chance to come to the forefront because, you know, people are captive in their homes as listeners. And also, you know, they've been exposed to more media than ever about oppression and about injustices happening. And I think that this is the beginning of a new and healthier relationship in theater, like prioritizing those voices for sure. That's kind of how, you know, the past 
has kind of shifted a little bit and led us into where we are today. And I think that really the oppression of those voices has led us to this big collapse Mm -hmm. that has to be rectified. I don't know how else it would be fixed other than everything completely falling apart and us being able to build again from the ground up. So then the next card would be the challenge that's getting in the way, which was the four of cups. Again, it's a super emotional card, but in this card, it's about apathy. It's about contemplation, but being very disconnected. I interpreted this a couple of ways. Right now, people are so focused on what they don't have, completely understandably, completely understandably, but it makes you ignore the gifts right in front of you. And even though your intentions may be noble to just plow your way through and try to make a new path for yourself, you know, there is a reason that the world has been brought to a slower pace. Like that's not an I know people think that it's just out of nowhere, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's exactly what the world needed right now is to come to a slower pace to like reevaluate everything. But it's a card that definitely tells you to think about the things right in front of you that may be gifts and to focus on your gratitude and really root yourself in it to be able to mitigate some of your anxieties. Like if you can channel your focus and your energy to as much genuine gratitude as you can, not just being like, oh, I have so much more than this other person. It could be so much worse. No, the genuine things that you are grateful for, like, are you grateful that you get enough sleep every night? Are you grateful, you know, that you have someone to share the pandemic with? Mm -hmm. Are you grateful, you know, that you're able to walk outside? What is it that you're actually, you know, that you're thankful for, that is bringing you some kind of joy. And if you focus on that, it's going to help everyone's anxieties right now because we can't control what we can't control, right? I also think that this card could relate to how the government views the arts. You know, we're talking about that apathy and that disconnectedness. And I think that the government right now is really unwilling to connect and invest in the arts industry And they have the means to definitely help us out to preserve these institutions. There are so many things that they could do that they choose to use their money on otherwise. But right now, the government could shell out plenty of money to save our industry, an industry that everyone relies on for enjoyment and catharsis and just also plain distraction. Like, could you imagine going through the pandemic without any type of entertainment? without being able to listen to podcasts, without being able to watch TV, watch movies, without the ability to like go to a drive-in, without the ability to like read books. I mean, anything that serves as a healthy distraction from things. We also use this platform for the news and they still don't care, you know? So I think that that's some apathy that will have to be met head on through activism and organizing, which we've seen some petitions going around and things like that. But this is actively a time to organize and combat the apathy of the institution at large, for sure. Yeah. Is how I see it. Next is consciousness. What are some beliefs you have or how are you viewing the situation right now? And the card that came up was the justice card reversed. Ooh. 
okay. upside down. Tell me. Yeah. I mean, that gives it a completely different meaning. It means that justice has turned a blind eye right now. And that could, you know, apply to situations of oppression that we're talking about right now. You know, it could also talk about, you know, again, like the government mm-hmm. turning a blind eye to all of us. They could have passed a second stimulus check. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They said, here's your one little, here's your one little parcel. I hope it lasts. Be grateful. And we got a letter from the president. And I was like, am I supposed like, to be And I was like, how much did this cost? <laughs> yeah. God. How much did it cost just for you to send out these letters yes. to everyone? Was telling me what I already know. I know when $1,200 appears in my bank account. I know. <laughs> um, but, you know, this card is saying that justice has turned a blind eye right now. And something that would normally be met with retribution and punishment has gone completely unnoticed. Maybe that's the whole industry being pushed into the shadows. But the main thing to take away from it is that you may be feeling like the world is unfair right now and no one is being held accountable. You're not wrong. And it's okay to feel this way. But it doesn't help to just dwell on injustices. You have to act. And you have to get your friends and peers together and get organized. I mean, I think it just keeps coming back to that. Like, organizing in some way that is tangible, presenting plans, presenting demands, you know, figuring out with your peers, what is it exactly that you want to come out of all of this? Certainly it's not to return to the status quo. I hope not. But now is the time to for sure get organized because there is not justice to be found right now unless we create it. So the next thing we went to was unconscious, you know, how might your deeper self be feeling about all of this? What feelings are you hiding from yourself right now? And the card that came up for this was the devil reversed. And it's a card about freedom and release. And it's also about control. And what I take away from this is that, and this is maybe how I've personally felt. And so I may be projecting this a little bit onto the reading, but it's okay if somewhere you feel a secret relief that you can abandon what you were doing and rest mm. or just focus on other things like family and friends or just survival that you can focus like without the pressure to be creating something it's okay to feel that relief and it doesn't have to be this like secret shameful feeling. Yeah. You can embrace it because it's a different kind of freedom. It's not necessarily a different kind of freedom for, you know, people in, in super marginalized and oppressed communities. It's putting more pressure on them. But, you know, for the rest of the majority of us that are not, you know, in those positions, it's about, you know, that it's okay. Yeah. That it's okay to not even want to go back to the way things were. And it's also about, you know, only focusing on what you can control. All you can do right now for your sanity, you know, focus what you can control and ask yourself why you might be so upset that you're no longer in control. Because in reality, you never were. You were never in control of the industry. You were never in control of your opportunities. You were never in control even of your income if you were working. You know, a lot of states are at-will states. You can be fired at any time. You're not in control of that. So ask yourself why right now 
in the middle of all this, why is it so hard to give up that control? And that that could really hold a lot of answers, you know, for people internally right now. Yeah. So for the future, we have a seven of swords. And when I say the future, I mean, what's a developing concern you may have? Like, what is something that is, you know, that is coming up for you in the future that you might be worrying about? Well, this card is actually a warning against dishonesty and against turning a blind eye. Oh my. Okay. 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 Yeah, no, no. Tell me, tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you're feeling. <laughs> I mean, I could go over, I'm going to let you finish and then I want to review. Okay. 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 Let's do that. Okay. We can do that. We can do that. Okay. It is a warning against dishonesty and turning a blind eye. And again, I think this goes back to activism in, in a way and staying aware of deception that is being, you know, that's coming from all sides. Like I know that there are some places in Texas, for example, and in DFW theater, I'm not judging them. I won't pass judgment, but that are still doing productions right now and saying that they can keep their actors safe, you know, and that might not necessarily be true. That might be dishonest of them, you know, and might be in their own self-interest. And so this is a warning against turning a blind eye to things. It indicates that you or other people may be pressured to be dishonest about things right now, like to be dishonest about where you're at, to be dishonest about what you think about the future. I'm not sure why, but if something feels off about a petition, about a GoFundMe, about an opportunity, now is the time to really not ignore that. Mm. You know, if you have been asked to do a production that you've somehow, you know, someone's managing to produce something right now and something feels off, don't do it. Don't pressure yourself into making those choices because everyone's being pressured into dishonesty right now. And what I mean by that is sometimes people are even lying about how they're doing. You know, it's just in our nature in a way. And the more we come up against like this COVID era and everything like that, I think the more people are pressured to have the right answers, but not necessarily waiting for them to be the most truthful answers. Like they're just going with whatever to get whatever done. And that's, that's hard, but you have to stay aware of this in the future as we rebuild the industry. It might be, you know, empty promises made by, and by, you know, the theater industry, you know, saying they're going to be more inclusive and, you know, listening to people and things like that. But it's just a beware type of sign for the future. Next, we have the querent, which is this card that is, you know, how are your beliefs and fears and perceptions of yourself affecting how the situation turns out? And we got the sun reversed, so upside down. Okay. The sun reversed is a sign that, I mean, what do you think the sun reversed is? It's a sign that many of us have felt extreme sadness and despair and distress about the state of things. Mm. And that we've also turned that inwards towards ourselves because we are not in control, we're incapable, and that brings up feelings of inadequacy. And these internal feelings that may make us doubt our identity and, you know, 
it might make us doubt our identity as artists if we're not creating. But that's not true. You know, you're still an artist if you haven't made something. Artistry isn't based on productivity. That's a lie perpetuated by capitalism <laughs> where you're, ex- I'm serious. Yes. It is. Yeah, yeah. Where, where you're expected to keep producing or you are worthless. I don't know how many times I've had a conversation with someone in the industry and they're like, well, what are you working on? And that's yeah. what they leave. Or with. as soon as you finish a project, it's what's next? And it's like, God damn, that was hard. <laughs> I just, yeah. That was so hard for me to get that. I don't know what's next. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, that is that couldn't be more far from the truth. And I know it's difficult, but you have to ask yourself in this moment, like this is about everyone in the DFW theater community, everyone in the theater community asking themselves internally, what other things bring you joy. Mm. What else? Yeah. Because I know for so many people, art, acting, creating, producing, that is their whole life. We've built identities around it. And I know it's difficult, but you have to sit. This is the time to think about anything else that might be able to bring you any type of joy, any type of fulfillment. If it were off the table, if your industry were off the table altogether, yeah, altogether, and you were forced to choose something else that could bring you joy or make you happy, what is it? And then lean into it, lean into it. Like that's going to help right now. Pick up an old hobby, yeah. an old hobby that you've neglected. Pick up a new hobby, start a new one, remind yourself what it's like to be a beginner or to, you know, just do something for yourself and not for anyone else. Yeah. That's basically what I mean. Yeah. How many times have you been to dinner with your theater friends and they just talk about theater and Mm -hmm. I'm both guilty of it and been the one to go, guys, can we talk about anything else? I've heard the same story every time we get together. This is exhausting. Well, and like, think about if you think about if you have like partners or friends, they don't want to hear about all that. They have different interests and different things that you should be able to have the range and the scope to talk about other things that make you happy. I think a lot of us are just out of touch with that because of the way we've been conditioned. You know, like it's all or nothing thinking, like it's all about theater. It's all about producing. It's all about art. And if I'm not doing that, I'd rather be dead. And it's like, okay, well, that's an issue. You know what I mean? That's an absolute issue. You need to find other things that can help sustain you because as we see right now, the industry isn't forever or the industry, you know, isn't guaranteed. Yeah. It's not guaranteed and it never was. It never was guaranteed, you know, but it's that time to, to think about those other things that can bring you joy. Okay. We have a couple more. This one to me is like the most activist card that came up in the whole thing. Sweet. So it's the environment. What is the climate around your situation? And what we got was the king of pentacles. You can see this dude looks like he's in charge of everything. And what it is, is the pentacles are about richness and abundance and are about like financial prosperity and security. And that's not most of our environment. So that only points to the 1%. 
that only points to the top people who Mm. are experiencing more financial security now than they ever have before. Right now, we have people who are set up to become trillionaires while 60 million people plus are facing houselessness. Yeah. To me, this card coming up for what is the climate around your situation and it being that abundant, like this is not just a pentacles card. This is the king of pentacles. To me, it means we're coming up against forces of power and unlimited funds and their security while we have to struggle to survive. And that that's the environment that we're in. That's the battlefield that we have to fight in right now. And you have to remember you are dealing with powerful people who we also need to help us. Powerful people that that are apathetic, like we heard earlier, that we need their assistance. And that's hard because you want to you wanna have all these negative feelings towards those people. And that's perfectly okay. You should. You should feel negatively. Nobody should be a trillionaire while there's world hunger, you know? screw you, Jeff Bezos. That's my, (laughs) no one should have the ability to solve homelessness and not solve homelessness. Yeah. Right. But this, you know, this King of Pentacles is also considered a paternal or fatherly figure and wants to share their wealth with their children. Okay. If their children behave how they want them to. A la King Lear, you're saying. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a, la, a la King Lear. Okay. So the main thing is like, how do you get father's attention? You know, even if it's not the kind of attention you want, how do you get them to listen? And uh, again, it's activism. It's, it's right back to organizing and it's right back to like, how do we get them to share all that they've accumulated? Well, we have to present them with something. We can't just wish and hope and sit on our laurels and wait for them to give us funding, necessary, crucial funding. We have to come up with a list of demands and keep pushing and pushing and pushing until they give in because that's what dads do. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time you push and you push and you push and eventually daddy says, okay, pumpkin, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that's the only thing that it may signify something else, but that's what I took away from it. Okay. The environment we're in is that where some people are experiencing so much abundance while other people are struggling and that that's what we have to fight against. The next card and placement is about hopes and fears. Like, what do you hope for the most from this reading? Like, what is it that you wanted ultimately to hear from me today? And the card that came up was the strength card. And like so many of us, you want to take away some kind of bravery or some kind of compassion, some kind of focus, some kind of inner strength. Like you wanted this to be affirming for you. Of course you did, you know? And you may experience a great deal of inner understanding after searching inside you for some of the questions that I asked today, you know, the questions that you're supposed to pose to yourself and you might feel, you know, more understanding and that will radiate power that will help you empower yourself. You ask yourself these questions, you know, why can't I let go of control? What other things bring me joy? You know, all of these things, how can I organize with my peers 
Like those are the things that are going to make you feel more powerful and empowered. And the main thing with that card is to just remember to be more compassionate with that, that newfound strength, that newfound understanding, extend it to other people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Be compassionate. This is the time more than any other time in the world to be compassionate for others. So that was, you know, the secret hope that might be had about this reading. And then I'm sure everyone wanted to know this one, the outcome. Where is all of this leading? Where is all of this stuff going? And the card that came up is the world reversed. Okay. Right? And it's a card about coming to the end of a journey in the future. You know, where's all of this leading? There is an end. There is an end to all of this. It's about coming to the end of the journey, but it's also about being so close to accomplishing all that you want, but there being one tiny thing that will stop you from fully celebrating. One tiny thing. And that could be anything. I don't know what it is. I wish I could tell you. (laughs) But um, you do need to seriously look inside yourselves right now for the way you can create closure for yourself. Because no matter how this ends up, there's going to be someone that's left out. There's going to be something that's unresolved. There are going to be things that are not perfect, even as we rebuild and get to a place of more stability and understanding. And you have to decide how you're going to come to terms with not getting the ideal outcome you wish for, but it's still being, you know, a positive outcome and how you find closure and make peace for yourself if all of your needs have not been met. Okay. And that, my friend, is the reading for the DFW and theater community at large. It went a little bit farther than the DFW, I think. Yes, but I think DFW has its own specific set of challenges. We're not Seattle. We're not St. Louis. We're not Atlanta. Right, 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 right. We're DFW. And a lot of that resonated with me. So I want to review. We have the star, which is representative of hope and faith after a collapse. It's a rebirth, which I said earlier, it could be in response to the pandemic. It could be in response to the system doesn't work, tear it all down. It's good that we started over anyways. Right. Which I agree with. And this is tangential, but I'm just throwing this out there, you know, women and gender non-conforming people are not as safe in the rehearsal room. And, you know, that, that goes for, especially for BIPOC and disabled people as well. Like those are the areas of which, I mean, most of the time we don't even cast disabled people. Are you kidding me? It's considered too much of a, of a hassle. And all of these things coming to light in the Me Too movement and being uncovered in all of these theater scenes further cements the idea that every single production that has any type of physical contact needs an intimacy director. Needs an intimacy director. And the DFW theater scene is really lacking in that. And maybe it's time for us to invest in some people getting trained. So we have a handful of well-known intimacy directors in the area. But this is a time to think about how, when we're talking about restructuring, this is a time to think about what we can do to protect people for yeah. sure. 
for sure. Yeah. The two of cups, having emotional, meaningful connection. I think a lot of people are struggling with that. I just signed up yesterday for my first online class six months into the pandemic because it was just so... It just the idea of getting on Zoom and connecting with people that way just sounded dreadful. But I did start to feel like, okay, it's time. It's time to come back and learn something and connect with people and yeah. just having something to look forward to again, I think I, I really missed. The other one that struck me was the Seven of Swords and some of the dishonesty that is happening and i mean you're absolutely right there i i know even what i don't know i know you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> even what i don't know i know you know yeah i do <laughs> can you explain the outcome card one more time because that's kind of our clue yeah our clue yeah it's it's the world <laughs> reversed is literally the card it was the world upside down <laughs> the and world turns up sad. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Here we go. But it's about coming to the end of a journey. So eventually we are going to come to the end of this journey. Yeah. It's also a card that is like, you know, when you're so close and it's time to celebrate, there's going to be one little thing that's going to keep you from truly enjoying that moment, that completion. Personally, I think that this, you know, will come as like, we don't come out of this with having met all of the demands that we need. Okay. Yeah. But that we'll have to figure out how to bring ourselves closure with that because it can't all happen at once. It's a card about figuring out how you can find closure, even if not all of your needs are met. Okay. And that's a very difficult outcome to deal with, but that we will come to the end of this journey and we will be extremely close to accomplishing all that we want to accomplish, but that there will simply still be work left to be done. I got it. I love it. That was great. That was really, really exciting and affirming in many ways. I am so glad. I'm so glad. It was for me too, to be honest. Like I was going through the reading and my roommate, she came through and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, a Celtic, a Celtic cross. <laughs> and she knows what that is. And she was like, oh, that's a big one. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. But I was feeling, I felt very affirmed by all of this. And I got some personal guidance out of this. And I'm hoping that your listeners get a little bit of the same. Like, even if you can't take everything away, I hope you take something and that you know, or that you think about the different perspectives, even if we didn't address something, you still think about the perspective and the lens of the card and apply it to whatever situation you need to, to find some clarity. Yeah. I definitely projected my own interpretation of each item, but I hope everyone listening can, can take it in themselves. Yeah. And that's the point is that you should be able to, the cards come together with you and with the interpreter and like, only you know ultimately where this card applies to the most. You know, I can't answer that for you. Only you know. Like, I, I'm not all up in your head. <laughs> I just am up in the cards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just up in the cards. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to get a reading themselves, where can they find you? 
Yes, the best place is going to be my Instagram, which is and has been for a long time, Mariah on Fire. <laughs> That's M as in Mary, A R I A H on Fire three. And you can find the link to schedule in my link tree. You can also find a link to my GoFundMe if you're one of those King of Pentacles that has a little extra change to throw my way. Times are tough. Yes, yes. Times are tough for a lot of people. But yes, you can absolutely schedule with me through my Instagram or you can go straight to my website, which is tinyurl.com slash tarot by Mariah C. Cool. And again, that's M-A-R-I-A-H-C. Cool. I'll put that in the show notes so people can click click, 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 click. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mariah. This was really, again, it was really exciting and I was clutching my pearls the whole time. (laughs) I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And it was just also nice to get to like talk and see you and, and talk theater in a way that's different than we've talked about it before. Yes. Well, I mean, if you're available, let's have like a social distance outdoor picnic soon or something cool i'm definitely down i'll stay 10 feet away because i'm extra careful (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) well i'm gonna let you go thank you so much for your time and the energy that you put into this i really appreciate it thank you so much for the opportunity sterling i can't wait to hear the episode yeah i can't wait i'm so excited (laughs) all right talk to you later bye bye Okay, friends, thanks so much for listening. Be sure to follow Mariah on Instagram at MariahOnFaya3 and visit the link in her bio to book your own tarot reading. And we will be back with a new episode in two weeks. Bye. Mariah on fire.